Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. Live from the Brown and Crouppen Studios. Chris, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, oh, these headphones are really loud. I know. Oh, <laughs> the Bing, same thing. Bing is deaf. <laughs> he is very deaf. Oh, man. That was really, really loud in my own ears. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, Feeling better? Uh, I mean, I'm still coughing. I still got a little phlegm, but... Uh, okay, I mean, we didn't need that detail. I said phlegm. I know, but we didn't need that. Yeah, we do. It's fine. Phlegm is perfectly fine for radio. I mean, you'll know if I'm coughing anyways because you'll hear it in the background when you talk and I turn my mic off. So, yeah. I don't Julio, know. how are you doing? <laughs> Wonderful, Jillian. Thank you very much. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Uh, we had a very interesting show listening in. Uh, players only. Dana Hughes, Joe Mays, uh, Barbershop, Sean Barber. That was a really interesting show uh, driving in here. Uh, I agree. Good perspective. Yeah, Unique it was really perspective. good. And I loved how Dana and Barbershop went at it about that 03 playoff game, which <laughs> still gives me nightmares to this day. Is one of the most, uh, I mean, it that hurt me a little bit more than the uh, 38-10, you know, blowing a 38-10 lead. No, that yeah. was absolutely the worst. Because I, I, was... I didn't believe in that 13 team. I, I thought they would lose that game anyways. So, But when you were there and it was 38-10. Well, I wasn't there. Well, was, okay. So I was, I was the there, place. but when once the score got to 38-10, I, I still felt you have like to there believe was an at avenue. that point. I still felt like there was an avenue for a comeback. In the third quarter, my But view. I believe they would beat the Colts. That that's the only year in my lifetime I believed the Chiefs would, had, a chance, had a real chance to win the Super Bowl. And they couldn't stop Peyton Manning once. That hurt my feelings. Well, I enjoyed hearing the guys on the way in. And then caught Barbershop in the parking lot. He kept talking. He just, he kept doing it. But it was cool to hear them. Again, unique perspective from the guys. Um, I'm looking forward to what they uh, what they have uh, uh, over the next couple of weeks. But tonight, uh, bringing it to our show, obviously, a big weekend in the city. Everybody's pretty hype. Uh, my mother sent me photos today of all of the Chiefs jerseys throughout the city. She went on a little tour to find them all. Westport, uh, Plaza, Union Station, all over the place. It's a typical big weekend for the Chiefs in the city. So tomorrow, everybody will be in red, obviously. It's a fun time. This is a really, I mean, this is a really, really big game. I mean, this is, I for a lot of Chiefs fans, they've spent all year long being skeptical because of the defense. Like you loved what you've seen from Mahomes, but you've been skeptical about what the what the defense is going to bring. Okay, I I want to disagree for a second. Do you think all year long? Because I think the first I don't, half, first four or five games, I think that everyone was just mesmerized by Mahomes. Yeah, but everyone knew the defense sucked. Well, like, I think pretty, as of late, it was pretty apparent the defense was bad after the Steelers <laughs> game. When, I mean, the Chargers game wasn't great, but when they when they squandered two twenty one point leads and allowed them to get within striking distance twice. You knew your defense wasn't good. Clearly. So a lot of people here have been very, eh. Like, they love Mahomes. They're in the Mahomes MVP, MVPAT hype train. But at the same time, a lot of fans here in, in Kansas City are really waiting to see what is, is going to go down. And and they're a little wait-and-see, a little wait-and-see approach about how much they're really going to get emotionally invested. I've You know, I've heard some people like, oh, well, if they lose this year to the Colts, 
I'm done with the Chiefs. I'm finished. I mean, which is BS. But still, like, <laughs> a lot of fans are, are really into this. This is a big, big weekend for Kansas City sports. Huge. Huge weekend for Kansas City sports. Even if, I mean, if you are uh, the most casual sports fans in the city, you will feel the ramifications uh, based on the result of that game. Because either it's going to be pure elation in the city, <laughs> it's going to be everybody here in this city, uh, you know, people are going to be walking around with their chest out, their chins up in the air, feeling proud, uh, loud and proud to be a Chiefs fan, to be a Kansas City sports fan. There's going to be a lot of KC pride, or it's going to be people who are very angry, very emotional, which is something I've dealt with my entire life as a as a Kansas City and dealing with a lot of angry fans in January and late <laughs> December because of what happened with the football team. This is a I mean this transcends anything any kind of any kind of sports fandom out there. What's going to happen on Saturday is going to be a big cultural event in Kansas City. It already started. I think it starts tomorrow. I think it you know, I think you saw the release of the Mahomes headbands. What yeah. was it yesterday? Was, it's already we got, started. We got Mahomes headbands now. We got Mahomes headbands, people. Oh, Just trying to be like Mahomes. It starts. It's already started tomorrow. Yeah. It will be crazy, um, and obviously the game. Yeah. But that's how Kansas City does it. So I'm stoked. I got yeah. my headband. My mother got me a headband. Shout out! I, to I you, don't mommy. have a headband. I feel left out now. Why didn't you guys uh, I don't feel bad support for you. me? What? I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> Why? I mean, I'm I'm growing my hair out. Like, oh, look at Mahomes' hair. I'm he almost, does have the Mahomes type hair. Yeah, I got. It. I just got to cut got it. He got the Mahomes voice. He's got the Mahomes. I don't have the hair. voice anymore. Somebody get the man. No, no, no I don't have the voice anymore. Headband. Let's straighten that out. I don't have the voice anymore. <laughs> you are really dedicated. You get your hair cut exactly like his. I mean, I'm not getting got my hair cut like his. I'm cut, not, dude, cut your hair. Why yeah. not? Be a real fan. Come I on, thought dude, Mahomes no. is your guy. Mahomes is my guy, but he's not that much my guy. Like, if, if like, he's I love guy. Devin Booker, too, but I'm not getting my hair cut <laughs> like Devin Booker. Running around with a little flat top and you got the little two slits cut inside the there. No. Like, I'm not that much of a fan of anybody. Cause Clearly. Because you didn't get the headband. You're not going to cut the hair. I want the headband. I just don't want to cut my hair. Oh, jeez. Not a team player. If I got my, if I got my hair player. cut on the sides, I would look like Patrick Mahomes. You would. You sound with like the, him. With the so. beard. I don't sound like him anymore. <laughs> Chime I did, in, people. I chime wanna, in. I did want to bring Protein up, uh, House text. Eat with the purpose text line. Let's see if I do it. Six nine three zero six. Good job. You got <laughs> it right the first time this time. Does he still sound like Mahomes, I or don't. does he sound like Carrington? See, that's not fair. That's not right. <laughs> oh, Everybody says that. Everybody, oh, this Carrington. I, when I when I you know do uh, solo hosting. Oh, is this Carrington? I didn't know he was on. And you're like, uh, nope. <laughs> no, no, this is not Carrington. <laughs> Peter, right. Peter Vermees uh, had something interesting to say about Andy Reid uh, leading up to the uh, the playoffs. You just jump game. into the clip. Like, we didn't preview the show. We just jump. He just wants to hit the button and jump Yeah, the I clip. just want to hit the, I want to oh, get this like off of the, the boss of the okay, show or something. I, I want to okay. get this off of the Mahomes topic, Mahomes and my voice topic. Here's oh. here's Peter, Peter Vermees talking about how Andy Reid is an inspiration to him. Andy, Peter Vermees here from Sporting Kansas City. Um, you probably don't know this, but uh, I had the pleasure of following your career uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. I uh, grew up about uh, 20 minutes outside of Philadelphia on the Jersey side. Um, don't hold that against me. Um, anyway, um, I had a chance when I got this job in 2006 as the general manager. I, I did a case study um, using the Eagles as my example. and. Uh, I, I used uh, the Eagles as, as an opportunity for me to learn on how to build rosters. So uh, you don't know it, but I've been a huge admirer from afar for many years. 
Um, extremely impressed of what you've done here in Kansas City. The uh, community and obviously the organization are very lucky to have you. Your team is exciting to watch. I think we both uh, share in, in that kind of idea and that we have uh, exciting teams. And uh, I know that you guys are uh, got a buy here, but are getting ready for the playoffs. So from our organization to yours, um, we just want to wish you good luck and uh, want you to know that um, the entire city is behind you, and we hope you guys uh, take it all the way. So good luck. What a guy. Turn your mic on. What a guy. It's already once. It's already once you forgot to turn your mic on. I was too excited to share how how – I just think that's the coolest thing. Like, Peter Vermee is an incredibly successful, well-celebrated, obviously uh, just a, a soccer mind, a genius soccer mind, um, paying his respects to Andy Reid. So I appreciate being a student of the game at every age, and he just exemplified that for me as a coach, continuing to learn and looking outside of his, you know, his league to another ridiculously successful and celebrated coach. I just think that's so cool, and I love Kansas City because of that. I just think the thing that jumps out is he talks about how he's, like, molded the way that he handles the roster after Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. And it, it's when you think about it, it is, like, a 1,000% right. If you look at his highest-paid player, on, on, the highest-paid player on Sporting Kansas City last year was Felipe Gutierrez. Just over $1.5 million he made last year. There are teams in the MLS – like I think the the highest paid player in the MLS um, last year last year was Sebastian Giovinco for uh, Toronto. He I think he was totally making deserved it. Like seven million dollars, like almost eight million dollars last year. He's really good. Crazy, like insane. Yeah, and he's like what? He's only like thirty one. So. And he's like five two. Yeah, he's li- <laughs> I, I was shocked. He's little. But That's he's offensive. Really good. Uh, that makes Putting me him laugh. down for his height. I stood next to the dude and I was like, oh my gosh. Rude. I feel like I could push you over. Yeah, I couldn't. I looked at his uh, <laughs> I, at his height on FIFA. I couldn't believe it was like five two. What? He's little. But, but yeah, but yeah, it's like if, if you look at the way that Vermees builds his team, it is very much how Andy Reid builds his team. Andy Reid doesn't go out and spend tons and tons of dollars on free agents. He's not going to go out and get the flashiest, uh, nicest cars. He's going to get the cars that work for him, that get him from point A to point B. If you look at his players. He gets a lot of players that fit what he wants, but he's not going to go out there and just throw the whole bank at all of the very best players. He's just going to get what works for him. And you saw that last year. He maximized his money. He maximized uh, the the guys that they brought in. Um, and because of that, you saw them go out there and, and finish at the very top of the Western Conference. I mean, I think I very much believe him when I say that, yeah, he, he molded the way that he builds his teams after the way that Andy Reid builds his teams because the you you especially you can tell like last year there were not a whole lot of guys who were like far above and behead super above and ahead superstars but they had a lot of guys that that really that were really good and filled the role that they were in and because of that it helped the team as a whole very cool to see two coaches at the highest level you know paying their respects and supporting each other and obviously you know in the same city super cool um, we will talk more about Peter Vermees um, when we get it to our our uh, segment about recruiting and how just the process from a player's perspective, a coach's perspective. Um, we will also talk about the drafts that happen today and will happen tomorrow, NWSL draft today, MLS draft tomorrow, and then we will actually be joined by Jordan Angeli, who was live at the NWL, NWSL draft today, and she's got some great things to share Two Kansas City local girls drafted first and second round. We'll get all into it when we come back. Don't go anywhere. 
very questionable music, but we are still here. Thank you, Julio. Such a hater. <laughs> I don't think he had a choice. I think it's just in a rotator, so he doesn't get to choose it. Yeah. It just plays. Well, we're He's back. rolling the dice. That's what's important here. <laughs> um, and I'm super geeked to welcome in our first guest tonight. We are joined by Jordan Angeli, who is um, just through and through has excelled in the soccer world. She started playing, played professionally. She's now an analyst. You can see her um, hosting the Colorado Rapids games. Um, but today, she was reporting live from the NWSL draft in Chicago. Jordan, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Me. It was part of my intro. I, I requested that music at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you just saved Julio with that one. You did. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to lie for him. We we, we know that he played it to, just to get under our skin as we got into this interview. <laughs> um, Jordan, how was your so day? Thank you guys. Though. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're thrilled that you're with us. Thank you so much. I know that you've been busy the last couple days. I believe up in Chicago today had to have felt like a marathon. Um, how's it going up there? It's good. You know, it does. The week leading up to the draft is when everything happened. We were talking to some of the coaches uh, leading up to today's, you know, big draft, and they were like, our, our phone is my phone broken? No one's calling me. And then, of course, <laughs> yesterday, trades after trades happened, and then today, um, even during the draft, there was a few trades that were being made. So they save all of the business for the first, like, just hours when we're doing our prep. We've got everything set, and then they mix it up on us. So... Um, no, but it went well, and it was a, it was a really good draft filled with some really exciting things all through and through. Now, you were taken in the second round of the 09 draft, 16th overall by the Boston Breakers. What was your draft day experience like? You know what? It, it's cool because getting to work this, I feel like I'm back in that moment. So this was for the WPS draft, which was, yeah, the last league. So I was drafted the second of the three years of that league was happening and it was so cool i last minute my parents were like we're going and i was so excited because not a lot of people get drafted right like that is a bucket list item that like not a lot of people can even put on their bucket list because it's not a possibility and i was uh felt really blessed that i got to be there and it was surreal like the moment i don't remember my name being called (laughs) i remember the scarf going around my neck and like hugging Tony DeChico, the legend, is going to be my new coach. And uh, just that moment of being reunited with a, a former teammate of mine, Lauren Cheney, or in now Lauren Holiday, um, it was really cool to know that I got to play with these new players and that my dream was now just really starting to begin. I'm sure that was an incredible moment. And you got to share moments today as the girls learned that they were drafted, learned their new teams, got the scarves, as you mentioned, and two local girls from Kansas City uh, were hot topics. So we want to hear how um, how did you did you get to meet Dorian Bailey and or CeCe Kaiser? Obviously, Dorian going first round, eighth overall out of North Carolina, and CeCe Kaiser second round, fourth, I think fourth in the second round coming out of Ole Miss. Um, did you get to meet either of them and speak with them at all? Exactly. I didn't get to meet Dorian Bailey. She was not in attendance today. But, um, yeah, every coach during our calls, every single coach mentioned Dorian Bailey. So (laughs) this is a girl that's been through a lot and um, has had some trials in her soccer career already. And I think those are the kind of players that you like to have because you know that they can persevere and that they've gotten through something tough. And this is is a tough league 
to break into. So, um, yeah, really excited for Dorian Bailey, and she gets to go to Washington Spirit, where there's a lot of young, new talent with that same mentality of, like, let's change what the Washington Spirit has been about for the last couple of years. So that was exciting. And then, yes, I get, did get to meet Susie Kaiser, and she was so sweet. I loved <laughs> talking to her. Really excited. Um to be drafted, and then, you know, I had to give her a little a little um, stick saying, you know, you played at Old Miss, and now you get to go to Houston. You, you used to the humidity yet. <laughs> I don't think you ever get used to it. But, yeah, she was great. Really excited for her. And, you know, talk about a player, man. Like, when we're prepping for these drafts, you are looking through 200 players, and it is a lot of players. And then you come up with a player like C.C. Kaiser. And I was shocked we actually all were shocked that she dropped that low mm-hmm. because she is explosive she is a she's a gamer she's a, a footballer knows the game so well and can break you down in many different ways whether it's on a dribble or with a run through but she she finishes too so I think Houston have themselves a really good uh, midfielder slash forward there well we are so excited about the the talent coming out of Kansas City obviously but just overall in general um the strength of the league is growing and that's what it's about right so we're thrilled with that. Um, I saw you had a moment to catch up with some ladies from the French Federation speaking about this draft class, obviously the women in the developing stages to obviously the first team representing the USA is is the goal, right? So the ladies are going over to France this uh, summer, and it's, it's just creeping up, isn't it? Um, what are your thoughts on the World Cup and just the strength of the, of the USA team right now? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on that. <laughs> to try to keep it brief, to try to keep it brief, one of the cool things about the draft today was that they um, changed the draft rules. So if you forego your college eligibility, you have the ability to come into the draft. And that changed everything because then Tierna Davidson, this young stud center back out of Stanford, declared, and then she goes number one, right? And that changed a lot of things because that shows you how much this, uh, women's soccer has grown in the U.S. Even from, you know, we thought it was good in 99 and 95, you know, when it was, we were dominant, but it's grown so much that now these women have the opportunity to say, I did what I needed to do in college or even didn't go to college and I can go and play in the World Cup and get to experience that on all the levels, you know, the financial level too. You know, if she doesn't go, she doesn't get all, any of the financial uh, piece that would be associated with the World Cup if the U.S. were to win. So on that topic of the U.S. winning, I think with Tierna Davidson and her playing in the league, they're, they're in a better place, right? You have all these players playing in, my opinion, NWSL is the best league in the world. It's the most competitive through and through. And mm-hmm. the women look good. The U.S. team looks really good. I think they're going to have some good tests. They're um, abroad right now in Portugal in their first camp, and they're going to play France, who is a, a test in this summer's World Cup, and it'll be good to get that test in early this year and see who shows up and how they perform and what their strengths and their weaknesses are so they can start to fine-tune those little things, who works best with each other and what the starting lineup's going to maybe potentially look like as we head into the summer. But, you know, I think it might be the year, you guys, that the, <laughs> that the first ever team goes back-to-back at the World Cup, and I think it's going to be the U.S. again. Love it. Yeah, they've been really dominant the, yeah. the last few years. How long do you think they can keep this up? I mean, we saw Germany in the in the Men's World Cup last year just lay an egg in, in the group stage. How long do you think that this uh, U.S. women's national team can keep up this level of dominance at the, uh, at the uh, World Cup level? You know, I think we got a pretty good uh, shakeup at that Olympics in Rio. 
when they had just won the World Cup and then they went down there and they performed poorly, to be honest, right? They did perform poorly. And it was like kind of almost like that Germany shock that they had this summer at the World Cup. And I think since then there were really young players on that team. And now those young players have been playing for the last, you know, two and a half years ready for their chance at a World Cup. And um, I think it's going to, I think they're going to be pretty dominant. But the good thing about this league and the good thing about the leagues around the world for all the women is that they are consistent now, right? So they're not dropping off and coming back. So the ability for this talent um, from Australia or the U.S. or France or England, these are all places with really good women's leagues. So the competition is rising. But whenever the, the U.S. has the ability to play these good teams from foreign countries all the time. So the more we can play a France and Australia, the better we can get as well as they start to get better. So I don't know. I don't know if they'll be able to keep it up, but I think they'll be able to keep pushing the envelope as other teams around the world are pushing the envelope and trying to, you know, get to the level of the U.S. where they're dominant every single year as well. So it's just exciting. I think that this Women's World Cup is going to be a really fun tournament to watch. Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely. Um, well, that's amazing. Thank you for your, your thoughts on those. We want to change change gears a little bit because you just do so much, so we have to poke a little bit more at you, and you um, actually su- <laughs> provided a lot of support for me as a, um ACL club member. So if our listeners don't know, Jordan started the ACL club, and it's really just a support kind of group for all the athletes who have experienced ACL tears, right? Yeah, well, thank you for bringing this up. I didn't, I wasn't planning on talking about this. But I would love to because this is my uh, passion. Really, my career was um, pushed a little short because of I tore my ACL three times on my left knee, and I was always a really strong uh, mentally as a player. But going through the ACL rehab process was really difficult for me mentally, and I was like, man, if it's difficult for me, I can imagine it would be difficult for other people as well. So. Um, I just kept getting questions from people and questions from people, whether it was friends, family, or um, teammates. And I was like, well, there's something here. I, I felt like the mental part of the rehabilitation process was not addressed at all. Mm-hmm. And I thought that if I could address it and create something, that it would really help athletes, one, feel like they could express their emotions because as athletes were, were told that we're really not supposed to do that. Um, and that it's okay to have these feelings that you're feeling, that everybody else has those same feelings and you can work through them and here's how. So I created the ACL Club and just launched a big uh, project. It's a recovery course called The Process, and it helps you with um, that journey from before, like right after you get injured, before your surgery, throughout the whole journey from um, info from me, from sports psychologists, from physical fitness people. It's its everything to help you um, really with the mental side and that mental game when you're recovering. So um, I, I don't want to be supporting all these people. You know, my end goal is to help reduce the risk of injury. But um, until I can really get a hold on that and really start to implement some of these things that we need to do at the, the youth level, um, I do what I can, and that is uh, can make these people feel like they're not alone. Well, I appreciate the sport. That's for sure. Um, I, I just went yeah. through that, and it was it was awesome. So keep it up. I love yeah, it. Scarred sister. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. As Julian alluded to, uh, you do broadcasting for the Colorado Rapids MLS team. Uh, Colorado Rapids just got their hands on a uh, former Sporting Kansas Sporting Kansas City striker Diego Rubio, uh, one of 
I was certainly one of my favorite <laughs> players on the on the sporting team at that striker spot, which has been really weak for them the last few years. So it, it hurt to see him go. What kind of impact do you think Diego is going to have on that uh, Colorado Rapids team? I'm hoping for some flair. Whenever we played you, he gave us a little flair. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why it hurts to lose him. Always. <laughs> right? I'm like, gosh, that him again. Um, but, no, I'm excited he's on our side of things now. I think Diego Rubio is a player, you know, um, there's so much structure that you can put into what you want to be as a team defensively. But when you go forward and you attack, there has to be some fluidity in the way that you go forward. And you have to feel the game. And to me, he's a player that feels the game, um, and you can see that by his movement, right? That's why he's fluid. That's why he has this flair. So um, I'm hoping we get some goals from him and uh, we see some good creativity because that's something that the Rapids, if I'm, I'm excited for the players that we've gotten to add that little bit of a spark going forward this year. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for your time talking everything from NWSL Draft to ACL Club and, of course, MLS with Diego Rubio. Enjoy, Diego. <laughs> We're a little bummed about it. <laughs> I'll but tell you guys said hi. He's a great guy, so he will do wonders yeah, for your organization, yeah. I hope. Just maybe not against Sporting Kansas Yeah, City. hopefully he doesn't He doesn't do well against us. He can do well against everyone. Everyone else. You know how that works. That, it always works the other way. It's right? Like, I know, and that's why I'm hoping I'm on hope. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for your time today, calling yeah. in live from Chicago. We can't uh, can't thank you enough, and keep up everything. We'll keep following you, and just thanks so much. That was Jordan thank and Julie. Yep, thank you, thank you, Jordan. When we return, we are giving away more Kansas City Mavericks tickets. Don't go anywhere. Much bigger fan of this than the previous. Well, we're not supposed to be talking about the bumper. We're going to get in trouble. Glad you approved. Anyway, we're back at the Brown and Crouppen but Studios. But it is a good song. <laughs> uh, that was Jordan Angeli, former player, current analyst. Good, great stuff on World Cup, on NWSL, MLS. Diego Rubio now with the Colorado Rapids. She seemed excited about that. She should be. I mean, she should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Certainly, I remember we were we were coming out of that uh, that uh, that uh, station meeting, and we were I, I, when I when I told you about it, we were both like, "What the bleep are Sporting doing?" Oh, when he got traded. When, when he got traded, yeah, he got traded. Like, what the that bleep crazy is turn he of doing? events with that that trade? That was what wild. Are they doing? I know. And we got Kellen Rowe, who scored like five goals, his and a whole time chunk at, of change, ton at, of money, uh, at New England, five <laughs> goals in like seven years. <laughs> Um, turning the tables here, we like to give stuff away. So we have two tickets, sorry, two sets of two tickets. Two pairs of tickets. Yep, two pairs. One for tomorrow night's Kansas City Mavericks game, puck drop at 7.05. Uh, and then another pair for the Saturday night Kansas City Mavericks game. Again, puck drop at 7.05. So Julio is going to hook us up with a sounder. When you hear this sound. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this a video game it's sound? Pac-Man. It's Pac-Man. It's when Pac-Man, when you hit the ghost, when one of the ghosts hits Why you Why am I not Pac-Man, surprised he knows exactly die. how that sound comes? I mean, I was a very, I, I hate Pac-Man now, but when I was young, I was a very avid Pac-Man player. All right. I so, wasn't good at it. That's one more time, we are giving away two pairs. When you hear this sound. 
no, your Pac-Man didn't die. You. No, that's when your Pac-Man died. I yeah. know, but I'm yes. saying you can actually use that sound to call in. <laughs> you should have used the sounder when they eat the big glowing ball and then they turn into the big Pac-Man and you can eat the ghost. That's what you should have done. But this will this will suffice. See what I can do? This will suffice for, for this time. Can they text in? I think you can text in for the number. I think that's fair. Or for the for the no ticket? no you gotta call you, you gotta, gotta call. call okay you have to call because we gotta get easy your, on these listeners we gotta get your information there's a, we have a there's station protocol and policy that we have to adhere to yeah Jillian okay I was trying to help the people out <laughs> Lord did somebody text in like can I text in to get the no we did have some text line uh little positive vibes here thank you from the two one zero most positive show of the day so far shout out to you two one zero thank you for listening. It's six nine three zero six. So when you want no, to call phone number, in, the phone number nine one three five seven six seven six ten. But not right now. Wait till Julio plays the the uh, Pac Man dying sounder. Yes, for the Friday night tickets. For the Friday night tickets. Oh my goodness! Yeah. All right, so uh, we will play that here soon. Um, but just so the NWSL draft was today, MLS draft is tomorrow night. The super draft, not <laughs> just the draft. This is not just the draft, Jillian. This is a super draft. You know how this is a super draft, Julian. And why wasn't the NWSL super draft? Because they just didn't call it a super draft. Lies. Maybe they should call it a super draft. I'm gonna start calling it the super draft. No, they have to do it. (laughs) You can't just call it out of your own volition. They have to call it a super draft, and then you can refer to it by its name. I'm just referring to the MLS super draft by its appropriate name. I got you. I am. Uh, so draft tomorrow. Um, I know you. Excuse me. The super draft is tomorrow. I know you personally are not keen on utilizing the draft to build rosters. I mean, not in the MLS anymore. I mean, it's just not the way that you're seeing teams find their stars. I mean, sure, you can find starting caliber players. Sporting has a lot of really good... I mean, obviously, their stars stars have come from the draft in the past. But you're looking at this team now, you know, they're focused on trying to get homegrown players like Daniel Shallowy, like uh, Juan Cousin, guys like Busio. that, you know, and and then they're also trying to get you know some of those big time international signings, guys like Johnny Rockets, guys like Felipe Gutierrez, Johan Quaze, Julio's favorite player. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people that, that you're seeing now that are coming into the league via transfers as opposed to the draft. So, see, to me, it seems like a really archaic way to build your roster in uh, an MLS setting where the teams actually have money to go out and get foreign players to come in obviously you know the the market that it was a decade ago where you couldn't really afford to go out and spend a ton of money on the international market i can understand how important the draft is in today's world though the draft really is kind of starting to become irrelevant as far as the way that you go out and acquire your star players so Yep, that, there it that, is. That's, that's your uh, notice right now if you want to get these tickets to the uh, Mavs game tomorrow night. Against 913- the, sorry, yeah, against Cincinnati the, Cyclones. 913-576-7610. First caller to call that number, reach Julio. You win the tickets for tomorrow night's Casey Mavericks game. But, yeah, like this, this draft just, to me, it could probably provide them some good depth. It could probably I mean you. You got you got Eric Dick last year, who's gonna you know who's right now your backup uh, goalkeeper right behind uh, Tim Melia. Um, you got the kid out of call. Was it Graham Smith? I think his name uh-huh. was. Uh, you know he's looking like he might be. Def- you know he might uh, be he defensive played, back. He played he might one play match. And yeah, he got a long time. Not play again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe maybe he'd make some it's improvements hard, but... over at Swope Park, but yeah. like you just don't. 
it's not a situation right now where you're looking at it, you're like, this is how we find our next superstar. And it's so... Oh, we got four people on the line. Oh, wow. Full oh, phone line. Blowing up, Oh, people. wow. What? Don't up. forget, we still... We have, we have we another, another pair, pair of tickets next next segment, so we'll you got to stick around. Stick around. Next segment. But this is, I think, one of those times where men and women's sports are polar opposite, where the NWSL draft is the only option for collegiate players yeah. to enter into the NWSL. And you would like um, it that they didn't have to rely on that, but there's... I'm okay, honestly, I'm okay with that right now because the league is so green. Yeah, it's so yeah, young, and yeah. I think it needs that. Um, but I, uh, sadly, and part of me is like a little anger, There, it's just the discrepancy in the money, the discrepancy in the mm-hmm. budgets. And mm-hmm. so sporting has all of this gam and tam built up that they can go find players and bring them in (laughs) all these i've never heard the allocation money referred to as gam and tam have you uh, ever covered an mls team usually (laughs) we just say general allocation no you say gam and tam but anyway um, there's just so much of that piling up and these nwsl teams i mean they don't even have, you know, like they barely have budgets. No, so it's yeah. it's just so polar different, polar opposite. I think I'm looking at it like these teams, <laughs> the the NWSL teams have their average, like the a team's salary is like less than a million dollars. I think it's like five hundred thousand dollars or so for the entire team's payroll. Okay, I don't want to get too far into leagues. this, but we had World Cup winners, we had gold medalists, yeah. um, on rosters making less than forty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like it let was that really sit in bad. for a minute. Yeah. Top of the world athletes in their sport, World Cup winners, gold medalists, and we're paying them less than forty grand. Yeah, I know. I was looking at that and I was like, wow. Don't get me started on ridiculous. this because it's a very it's just a tough topic. But Yeah. I mean and I was you look at like the you know sporting Kansas City this year, they have fifteen million dollars invested in their payroll this year. Fifteen million. And they still didn't win. Yeah, you would like to. Well, I mean, it was there were more teams that had more money. Um, I think it was like twenty two million for Atlanta or something like that. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Um, congratulations. I think that's that's Larry. Is that is that Larry Julio? Your spelling's not very good. Uh, yeah, Larry in Bel- of Belton, as he put on the uh, as he put on the wax. Larry of Belton is our winner for our first. We'll pair. see you uh, at the Silver Sea Silverstein Ice Center's Arena <laughs> tomorrow night. Come say hi to me. I'll be there. Congratulations for winning tickets. Congratulations. <laughs> so MLS draft, NWSL draft, uh, just very different, but representations of the leagues where they're at. I think the MLS, just the growth and the and the progress is, yeah. is still there. It's just not it's not needed as much. But and you know, so you'd like to see them do away with it at some point. As far as the the NWSL goes, they I mean they have to. It's, it's important now, but you'd like for them financially to get to a point where they don't need it, especially right. if. Quality wise, they're the top women's league in the world. Like you know, at one, yeah. at some point, you would like them. I mean, obviously, you'd want them to expand, and you would want them to have to not have to worry. You know, these collegiate players can choose where they go to based on who bids the highest. Right. So, I, at a certain point, you like that, and you like but to see, see that's, the women. That's get another difference: more. is the strength of the leagues. MLS is not top of the world. Not even close. NWSL is. Yeah, and that's that's the sad part. It's about so strange it how that works. But yeah, it's ridiculous. And when we return, uh, before you get to the draft, you have to be recruited. So we're going to talk through recruiting, the process uh, at a player's perspective, at a coaching's perspective. We will also give away more tickets, so don't go anywhere. And we are back. Jillian Carroll, Uno Cero 
in the Brown and Crouppen studios. Uh, talking lots of soccer, talking draft, MLS and NWSL draft. And along those lines of building teams, obviously we talked about Peter Vermees looking to Andy Reid and how he builds his rosters and his team. Um, kind of moving down the ladder, I guess, if you will. Moving down before the draft is the recruiting process and just the importance of the actual process that yeah, and, uh, coaches go through and spend time and energy and efforts and planning. And it's a huge piece of, of a team's success. Yeah, and Julio Julio brought this to our attention. Uh, uh, obviously, at the College Football Playoff National Championship game <laughs> this past Monday, uh, Clemson Tigers laid the smacketh down on the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, and and Julio, uh, you know, forwarded us, he texted us this interesting mm-hmm. story about how uh, Dabo Swiney, Brent Venables for the Clemson Tigers, uh, they were out on the recruiting trail two days before before the uh, before the uh, the uh, national championship game. That's that's pretty damn big. And we've <laughs> talked about this before with JC Hoyt, uh, yeah. the women's basketball coach for UMKC, about how important it is that these coaches are out on the recruiting trail, and it's it's something that you have to dedicate yourself to as a college coach because the recruiting process is so important. You see it in soccer now at the big stages now because the players have so much power. They can pretty much choose where they go. And so you're seeing these teams recruiting these players. Hey, come play. Like, you know, like right now you got Inter Milan trying to steal Luka Modric from Real Madrid. And so they're constantly, hey, come here. Come on. Come on, Luka. Come play for us. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty down about that. It's just, to me, I, it, I'm always going to be a fan of the game, whether the game, literally I say the game loosely, just a fan yeah. of, of the sports in general and mm-hmm. a team. And so to me, that process is interesting. Um, obviously experienced it as a player first. Um, and I can remember like it was yesterday, that process beginning. You know, I was a very competitive soccer player from the time I was young. Where'd you go to school again? So I first of all played at St. Thomas Aquinas here, but um and then played obviously in college at Northern Iowa in the Missouri Valley. Go Panthers. Um but Gators. just <laughs> the whole process. So um and I mean, when you're a kid going through it, you don't realize it, but your parents have to help you. They have to put you in the right programs. They have to put you around the right people. Um, I want to, again, I always do this, but shout out to Peter Vermees for the the environment that he has created here in Kansas City soccer from the time that children are five years old. They're around high quality training and coaching. And um, that whole environment here, obviously today, pr- produced two you know, a first round draft pick, a second round draft pick. Um, and that whole process, it starts when you're, you know, before you even realize it and parents have to be all in, it's a financial commitment. It's a time commitment. Student athletes have to be, you know, able to make the grades and devote their time to, to the, to training and whatnot. But that recruiting process that the coaches have to have to dedicate themselves to is crucial. It's critical. And it's, um, it's just interesting to me. Again, I loved that time period receiving letters, receiving phone calls and getting to the age where you were allowed to now talk to coaches. It's, um, the NCAA rules have changed obviously since I was recruited. Um, but the process is still there and it is still an incredibly critical part. Um, of building any roster. Julio, what is the sounder that the listeners You were have just to waiting, wait like, will she stop? Because so Julio, can... kept, Julio kept buzzing us in the ear. You get nothing. <laughs> you lose. 
Good day, sir. Is that from Charlie Chocolate? That's or from, no, Charlie Willy Chocolate. Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Get oh, my it right. God. I love that movie. Yeah. No, All yeah. right. So one more time. When you hear this, you're going to win Mavericks tickets for Saturday night. Here's the sounder. You get nothing. <laughs> you lose. Good but, day, sir. But in fact, you do get something. You get the chance to come out and catch the Mavericks take on the Cincinnati Cyclones. So call in. For when the, you hear for that, that sounder, pair. not right now. When you hear the sounder, yes. When don't you try to it. beat the. Don't try to beat the rush. Don't, that's what people do on three strikes. They keep calling in. They keep calling in until they get they get on, and we have to shut the phone lines down until uh, until uh, whoever is is hosting because we've had two different hosts the last year. Uh, it'll be Cody Tap this year whenever they call for it. So no, when we when Julio plays that sounder, that's when you get the opportunity to get it. But uh, but yeah, about you know going back to the recruiting um, situation, like it's. It's it's one of the things I noticed about like uh, like you know obviously I'm a Florida fan I, yeah. I wear it loud and proud and when the, when Dan Mullen their football head their head football coach when he got hired in 2017 he got hired right after Thanksgiving 2017 two days no 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 not two days a day after he did his introductory introductory press conference which was uh, two days after he got hired officially. As soon as he got done with that introductory press conference, he got on a plane and flew up to Georgia to try to get uh, Justin Fields, who was the top dual-threat quarterback, to come play for his school. Now, Justin Fields ended up going – he was already committed to Georgia, ended up going there. Now he's with Ohio State. Um, you know, like, it was very important for him to jump on the recruiting trail. It's just, it's just amazing to me how much these coaches really put into – the way that they build their franchise, they build these programs, and the way that they invest their time doing it. Because they're going to kids' houses mm -hmm. all over the country, mm -hmm. visiting with their parents, trying to convince them that, hey, I'm not only going to teach this, this player how to play the game as best as they possibly can and potentially go pro, but also... This is how I'm going. I'm going to teach them how to be a better adult. Right. Too. How to how to grow up and to be a man or a woman and yeah. being successful in society. Like, I think the movie The Blind Side is a funny example of watching the coaches come like in. Movie. Oh, I love that movie. But watching it. the coaches come in, sit down with the family in their living room. I didn't have coaches flying to Kansas City to you sit down in my that? living room. They weren't trying to meet the However, illustrious Jillian Carroll. We did have plenty of phone calls and, and all of the letters imaginable. But what they were doing was... What, again, from my perspective as a player, I had to put myself in the positions to meet them. So I had to travel to the college showcase tournaments to be viewable for those coaches. And then that's where you meet face-to-face. -face. And you say, hey, here's my schedule. Come catch me during this tournament game, you know. Um, and it's just a part of it. But it's critical because the college years in any sport, I mean, it's, it's, it's critical in any athlete's career, really. But... I think also a piece of this is the fact now that athletes are expecting these coaches to take those flights and come meet their mom and really come sell them on it. So it's like the recruiting, you can see kind of like both sides of it. You get nothing. <laughs> you lose. Good day, sir. That's your chance to win some average tickets for Saturday <laughs> night. Uh, call in right now, 913-576-7610. First caller to call in and can actually talk to the person uh, who's answering the phone's name, Julio. Uh, you win a pair of tickets to Saturday's game for the KC Mavericks. Um, yeah, I, I I just think that it's... Do you it's, think players expect it now? Yeah. Do you think they expect those yeah, grandiose I, so. I, I was mad when I didn't get anybody visiting me. <laughs> I mean, my, my team was bad. And I wasn't that great that a, of a player, but yeah. I still was disappointed when I didn't get anyone to to come watch me play soccer and 
try to recruit me into the to, to I mean, go I play think, for. I think it's where you are in your high school, what club you're playing. I mean, my team wasn't good, but I, I mean, I was athletic. I mean, I was. But how do I'm they tall. know about you? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what, like things like the ECNL league now and the MRL league now and the DA, all of these things that in the soccer world that U.S. soccer are, is putting its opportunities for kids to be. Seen I came into the though. soccer game late. I was a football kid for a while, and then I. How started. was that transition? It's usually the other way around. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, football. Soccer and then players I, just I did. retire and go kick. I was, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, I played it as a kid, so it wasn't too bad. And then, uh, you know, I started varsity my two years I played. So, I mean, it's not too impressive the team sucked, but (laughs) I still did it. Look it, look it, look it. I didn't know this. Let's hear the accolades. Show's about to end. Come on now. Show's about to end. We got five seconds. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. No, we got to name our winner.